The December transfer portal cycle is officially closed, but that doesn't mean that transfer portal recruiting is officially over for the South Carolina Gamecocks. You are Locked On Gamecocks, your daily podcast on the South Carolina Gamecocks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Gamecock Nation, and welcome back to the Locked On Gamecocks Podcast. I'm Angel Line, the host of this podcast and also a staff writer for Gamecock Digest over on SI.com. Thank y'all so much for making the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast your first watch or listen for your team here today. We are free and available as always both on YouTube and wherever you get your audio podcasts daily. It is officially January 3rd of 2024, which means that the December transfer portal cycle, or window I guess, has officially closed. It ended on January 2nd, right at 11.59pm Eastern Time. And so, there's going to be no more entries in the transfer portal, but as I touched on a week ago here on the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, that does not mean that the portal activity for the South Carolina Gamecocks is officially over. South Carolina still needs to get a couple more transfers to help plug holes at certain positions. So to start off today's show, we're going to talk about the top three guys that they should land that's out there in the portal right now. And we're going to start off with James Madison wide receiver Elijah Surratt. Elijah is a guy that South Carolina has got to get for multiple different reasons. One, South Carolina, as of right now, currently lacks a proven wide receiver that can play outside of the numbers. At this moment in time, the Gamecocks' best bet when it comes to fulfilling that need on the roster is wide receiver Nicholas Harper. But Nicholas Harper, of course, has only been on campus for about seven months now. He is currently preoccupied with track and field season, so he's not going to be with the football team for a decent portion of this offseason. And as we all saw, especially near the end of the 2023 season, there's still several aspects of Harper's game that are currently raw, that he has to refine and work on off the field. And so Elijah Surratt, he's a guy that has played multiple years of college football and has been successful at several different levels. And that's the second reason why I think Safran needs to go after because he's proven himself time and time again at the college level. Elijah Surratt started his football career at the FCS ranks at St. Francis in 2022. And he did so well there that he was an FCS All-American and first-team All-NEC selection that fall. So, after dominating that level his freshman season, Surratt decided to transfer up to James Madison, who was now at the FBS level in the Sunbelt Conference. And Elijah Surratt... He just continued to dominate the competition. He was named a first-team All-Sun Belt selection in 2023, and he recorded over 1,100 receiving yards. So Elijah Surratt is a guy that can play, and according to reports from 24-7 Sports and maybe some other outlets, he is going to be taking a visit to South Carolina at some point in the next few days. So the Gamecocks, they are clearly a team of interest here, And uh, in my opinion, Elijah Surratt is a guy that you have got to land 
by the end of this whole entire cycle here in January. Now, the second transfer target that I think Savcon needs to land is one that I don't think has been mentioned anywhere to this point, and that is Old Dominion linebacker Wayne Matthews III. So why does South Carolina need to go after Wayne Matthews III? Well, again, there's a few reasons here. The first one is this. South Carolina, they are now in need of a linebacker. Stone Blanton entered the transfer portal right before Christmas took place. And last night, Grayson Pup Howard announced that he was also entering the transfer portal. Both of those portal entries, I would say, were surprising. The Gamecocks loses a starter from their defense and a guy that had only been here for a year but looked really promising and someone that they thought could be maybe a future captain of that defense, the way that he helped put together the 2023 class in Pup Howard. But now both those guys have walked out the door, and again, it's safe to assume that neither guy is probably going to return. And so despite adding Wendell Gregory and Fred Johnson through the high school ranks, You've got to get a linebacker to offset the losses of those two guys. And I think that Wayne Matthews is a guy that could help fill that void. And the thing I like about him is the fact that he's got two years of eligibility remaining. So he's not going to be some automatic one-and-done kind of player. The Gamecocks don't need a guy like that right now. Because Debo Williams, he's probably going to be here for one more year. Then he'll go on to the NFL more than likely. Bam Martin Scott, he quite literally only has one year of eligibility remaining. So you've got to get someone that could be here for at least a couple of seasons. Wayne Matthews could do that. Here's the other thing. South Carolina has a potential connection that could work out in their favor here because Wayne Matthews played high school football at Charles Herbert Flower School in Upper Marlboro, Maryland. Now that school might sound a bit familiar to some of y'all. And if it does, well, there's a reason for that. South Carolina has gotten several players from that school. Defensive end Desmond Zulu from the 2023 class. Maurice Brown II, a walk-on tight end, also played at Charles Herbert Flowers School. And South Carolina almost landed cornerback Braden Lee from that school in the 2024 cycle before he flipped to Maryland during the early national signing period. So... Shaver and the staff, they have connections to that staff up there and plenty of other people that they can go and contact in order to get an idea of what kind of person and player Wayne Matthews III is. On the field, statistically speaking, Wayne Matthews, he was a solid player for Old Dominion in 2023. He racked up 135 total tackles, ranking second in the Sunbelt Conference, 9.5 tackles for loss, 3.5 sacks, and 3 forced fumbles. So a very active player, a guy that has experience at the FBS level, and someone that this staff can do their homework on relatively quickly. So as long as he checks off all the boxes that they look for, I think Wayne Matthews III is a guy that Shane Beamer and the staff should absolutely pursue over the coming days. Now, there's one more transfer portal player that I think South Carolina should pursue, and that is Miami, Ohio wide receiver Gage Larbadane. Now, I know I mentioned Elijah Surratt from James Madison earlier, but South Carolina, from a pure numbers standpoint, they cannot just be satisfied with getting one guy. They've got to get at least two more players out of the portal at the wide receiver position in order to offset the losses that they've had, again, numbers-wise, at that spot. Larvidane would help them in that aspect. Here's the other thing. South Carolina, I would say that right now they don't need another slot type of wide receiver in that room. They've already got plenty of guys that can play on the inside. They need guys that can play outside the numbers. Elijah Surratt, he would definitely help you in that aspect. 
But Gage Larvidane also has experience playing outside the numbers. He took 52% of his 717 receiving snaps outside the numbers in his three seasons prior to 2024. One with Miami, Ohio, and two with Southeastern Louisiana. And that's the other reason why I think South Carolina should pursue him. He has proven already once before in his college career, much like Surratt, that he can make the jump to a higher level of competition. He played at Southeastern Louisiana at the FCS level in 2021 and 2022, was a very productive player for those guys, and he was named an All-Southland Conference selection in 2021 at wide receiver and I believe punt returner as well. And this past season, he did quite well with Miami of Ohio, recording 42 catches for 679 receiving yards and six touchdowns against Mid-American Conference competition. Now, is he going to be potentially a number one like Elijah Surratt, I think, could be for the Gamecocks? I don't think so. But you need to get bodies either way at this position. And a guy like Gage Larvidane, I think, can help you in that aspect. So those are the three guys that I think the Gamecocks should pursue heavily out of the portal over the coming days. Now, while transfer portal activity is still a buzz for Shane Beamer and the Gamecocks, high school recruiting, at least for now, is on the back burner. But South Carolina's got plenty of signees who are going to be playing in the Under Armour All-America game later this afternoon. And one of those signees in Dylan Stewart has made a lot of noise in Central Florida over the past couple days. What all has he shown in a practice setting? And who are some other players to potentially watch in this game? I'm going to be talking with Locked On's resident recruiting insider Brian Smith about all of that in just a couple moments right here on Locked On Gamecocks. Today's show is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. At the start of the new year, every small business owner is asking themselves the same question. What's the one move I can make that'll take my business to the next level in 2024? LinkedIn Jobs knows that your success all depends on the team that you surround yourself with. And that's why LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. And hiring is easy when you have that many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours when they use LinkedIn Jobs. So... Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free today. Terms and conditions do apply. Welcome back to this Wednesday edition of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, where we cover your South Carolina Gamecocks every single day. And as always, a big thank you to all of you everydayers who make the Locked On Gamecocks podcast your daily choice for South Carolina sports Coverage. We are pleased to be joined by Locked On's resident recruiting insider, Brian Smith, who has been on the ground down in Central Florida watching all these Under Armour All-America practices. The game is taking place later today, starting at 4 p.m. Eastern time, I believe on ESPN, Brian. And South Carolina, they have a lot to be excited about based on what's been coming out 
of Central Florida the past few days. So Brian's joining us to talk about all of that, especially Dylan Stewart in just a moment. But before we get into that, this recruiting segment is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. And that's why LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. Terms and conditions do apply. All right, Brian, let's go ahead and get right into probably the biggest story for South Carolina here with these practices, and that has been Dylan Stewart, who stole a lot of the headlines, especially on day one a couple of days ago. So, Brian, what made him stand out in that particular practice? As goofy as it may sound, is it's when he just walked up to the line of scrimmage. He looked like he's just different than the vast majority of players are not necessarily all, but like 98%. There's two or three other guys kind of similar, but you're like, he's in high school. Um, He has some of the longest arms I've ever seen for a kid coming out of high school. His first step explosiveness is every bit as good as it was on film. Like you want to see the eye test and he's got the length, even when it's a run play, he'll just put his arm out, hold off a 320 pound guy and his anchor. And Dylan's 235. Like there's certain things you can't teach and God blessed him a little differently than most. And I'm being kind. Um, it, it's, it's just really basic. And he's so unassuming. Like you, you talk to the guy and it's like, he's an accountant or something. It's very odd because he's so withdrawn, but his ability to move with that length and with that height, he's six, five, like he's a legitimate, he's six, five. That is not a normal human being. I'm curious to see how South Carolina moves him around. He's just playing that edge, stand-up, go-get-him guy in an all-star game. There's not enough time to practice much. But with his ability to change direction, stop and start, he can do a speed-to-power move, whatever he wants, it's pretty much carte blanche for the Gamecocks coaches. How do they want to use him? Do they want to use him standing up? Do they want to use him inside on third and long? They can do whatever they want. They could blitz him for middle linebacker. He'll figure it out. Now – how quickly he adjusts to the playbook, all that aside, there's still the bread and butter. Put him on the edge. Everybody in the stadium knows he's coming. Now you got to block it. Can't teach the length, brother. It, it is special, and his first step is also special. Yeah, and it's a great point that you bring up about, you know, how is South Carolina going to utilize him? You know, the Gamecocks ran a lot of nickel defense, and then at the end of the 2023 season, they kind of switched to more of a 3-3-5 defense. I did see in some of his huddle film that Dylan Stewart, he got some experience in high school sort of playing as an, I guess, second-level linebacker from where he was standing. But like you said, let's be honest, like you're not you're not sending that guy into coverage very often. You're sending him after the quarterback pretty much the majority of the time. So it's great to hear that about Dylan Stewart in terms of uh, the eyeball test, as you mentioned. But um, I guess I'll go ahead and ask you, Brian, how has he been in one-on-ones? Obviously, that's one of the more important positions for defensive linemen and offensive linemen when going through these kind of practices against this elite kind of talent. I mean, he's won his share and he's lost his share. Um, These are these are really good players. I'm sure he's used to just smacking guys around at the high school level for the most part, but all these kids are going to major college football programs. When he wins a rep, it's a situation where it's not shocking, but when he loses, it's not either. He's, he's really consistent with what he does. He's not trying to wow people with like a special swim move or windmill or anything goofy. He's just going out long arming speed rush, trying to do things like he should. And I'm cool with that. He's going to add to his repertoire once he gets down to Columbia. We'll see more of it. But right now, he's just trying to get around the edge, bend the shoulder, and dip. 
and let's go. That's that's like his base, you know, and occasionally long arm and just like his power for his height and size is very unique. So he creates leverage with his bend and he gets into some of these guys that weigh a hundred pounds more than he does and, and still gets to the quarterback. Um, I, I would like to see what he can do in coverage just a few times, just out of curiosity, because he like his running ability is different yes. for a kid his size. I'm curious what he's going to be able to do. But at the same time, yeah, I, I get it. I agree with you. If you want to drop him in the cupboard to one or two plays a game, okay. But anything more than that, we got to have some investigations. Uh, you got to keep it pretty straightforward here. This is not rocket science. Send Dylan after the quarterback. Yeah, with, without question. And so you kind of already seem to have dove into it a little bit, Brian. But, you know, let's just go ahead and say hypothetically you're his future position coach at South Carolina. If there's one area where you think, you know, he could stand to improve a bit right now, you know, is it that pass rush arsenal? A lot of the times that's the case with these high school prospects, or is it something different that maybe we haven't already mentioned to this point? Probably knowing how to take on the run when it's a guy that's 300 plus. You can't teach that. He, you have to have it in practice, and they kind of go through it in some of the reps, but they're trying not to let him go to the ground. As you well know, covering the Gamecocks, the guys that come in and play in that stadium, they're never small. Can he anchor against the run when it's just an off-tackle play or an outside zone? I don't know that yet. And very few defensive ends are good at that as a freshman. And he's incredibly strong. But it's right. the technique. If you get even off a little bit, you can get cockroached. Okay, you're going to be on your back swinging your arms around because it's not going to end well. I'm curious about that. Everything else, like if he adds just one pass rush move, just one, Andrew, speed rush, long arm, and then maybe a double hand swipe, something that he really gets good at. When you get to three, kind of like a pitcher, off speed, fastball, curveball, hitters in trouble. That's what he's got to get to. Once he gets to like four or five that he's good at, then he'll just go get paid. So that's kind of how that works. Um, not many NFL guys are really good to that level. It's hard. But I think the run game is the first thing. And, and the pass rush and the intermediate, third down and six. You don't need a lot of effort here to figure out what he's doing. But again, can you stop him? Edge rusher is a place where kids can play early as freshmen. No reason to believe Dylan Stewart will not be one of those young men. Yeah, and for South Carolina, look, this past season, uh, Gamecock fans know this quite well. Besides, you know, obviously lacking some pass rush juice, they also struggled in rush defense, at least, you know, at least compared to some of the defenses that they had in the past with guys like Jadavion Clowney coming off the edge, Devin Taylor coming off the edge. You know, South Carolina, they got used to having really good defenses that could both stop the pass and the run. And in recent years, you know, that hasn't always been the case. So it sounds like that Dylan Store is a guy that could definitely help out in both areas once he gets to Columbia in just a couple weeks and or months. But Dylan Stewart, he is not the only prospect that is signing with South Carolina that is participating in the Under Armour All-America game. Brian, I will discuss a couple of other guys to potentially keep an eye on in just a couple moments right here on Locked on Gamecocks. Welcome back to today's edition of the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast. We cover your team every single day in just 30 minutes. All right, Brian, I alluded to it before we went to a quick break. South Carolina, they've got a bevy of different guys that are going to be participating in this football game. you got quarterback Dante Reno, tight end Michael Smith, wide receiver DeBron Gatling, punter Mason Love, and of course, edge rusher Dylan Stewart, whom we just talked about a couple months ago. So, 
Brian, out of the other guys that maybe we haven't talked about as much to this point, who has the most to gain in this Under Armour All-America game? I think it's Gatling. Um, receiver is obviously a need for every team in America. But I think South Carolina is a little higher than most based on what who's left in the portal, who they didn't have in the first place. And, you know, the quarterback just left South Carolina. They need anything they can get in the passing game. And Gatling's a guy that's been on the scene for a long time. I knew him when he was a freshman playing for Cam Newton's seven-on-seven organization. He's a very good football player. Now the question becomes how quickly can he acclimate to the playbook? Because I think he could play early if he picks that up. And then that's a guess. Seeing him physically out on the field, I'm not going to get anything from that. But he's beaten several guys deep in one-on-ones. And he's also had the ability to show some shake and bake at the line to get off press. I think he's a, he's an SEC player. Question is how they're going to use him and get in the playbook. I get it. I get it. But if they can just simplify things, even early on, kids aren't going to know the full playbook. There's no reason he can't get on the field in some capacity. Great kid, pretty quiet, goes about his business, is very unassuming. I think Gatling will do well in South Carolina. I'm just curious if he can be on the field right away. Yeah, and the Gamecocks just lost their biggest deep ball threat this past year, and Xavier Leggett, who's about to make uh, several millions of dollars this next April when he gets drafted onto the NFL. So definitely a big need for the Gamecocks, as you mentioned earlier. So we'll see how Gatlin performs against some of the best cornerbacks in the country on Wednesday afternoon. One final question for you, Brian, before I let you go. Who are you most interested to see in this game and why? Well, it's a combination of Stewart. I want to see if he... Yeah, how does it work on first and 10 when they run power at him? And then, like, does he get mad when he gets beat on a rep or gets gets hammered? You have to adjust because everybody's good from this point forward. You're not going to win as many reps as you did in high school. Right. Uh, there's the kid that's Williams Winery, the kid going to Missouri. There's similar players. Williams a little bigger, but it's the same deal. How do they kind of compete? They're one's on one team, one's on the other. I want to compare them. And then overall, I just want to see the receivers. Uh, there's a ton of great receivers. You know, Gatlin stacks up, stacks up. You got Perry Thompson, and you got Ryan Williams. You got Cam Coleman. You got JoJo Trader. You got all these guys that are just – it's insane. There's a half dozen receivers in this game that I think, barring injury, will play in the NFL. So it's a, it's an incredible group. How does Gatlin kind of stand out? That From a South Carolina perspective, that's interesting to me. And then Reno, I know it's hard for quarterbacks in an all-star setting, but I watched him today throw after throw after throw. I'm curious what they let him do. He's an accurate passer. He's got a very consistent motion. I think he's a young man that can play at South Carolina. But in an all-star setting, man, that is that is daunting because your timing with these guys, you know, know them. Can he adjust? Uh, the team that has the quarterback that adjusts to his guys, hits one or two big plays, will probably win. Yeah, and you know, you talk about building up that timing and rapport between quarterbacks and wide receivers. It's definitely tough in these kind of games, but I have seen plenty of videos where uh, Reno has been thrown to Gatling a good amount over the past few practices, mm-hmm. and I believe that they are both on the same team. I think that yeah. Michael Smith's the only one that is uh, on the opposite team, but everybody else otherwise is playing together. So definitely looking forward to seeing maybe a potential Gamecock to Gamecock connection later on this right. afternoon. He is Brian Smith, Locked On's resident recruiting insider, Brian Really appreciate you coming on to today's show. I have to imagine you're going to have a lot of coverage of the Under Armour All-America game later this afternoon. So where can we want to find all of your work? Uh, You can find me at FBScout underscore Florida. Going to be doing some stuff for the Auburn side on Fan Nation, Auburn Daily, and and some of the on the Miami side as well on Fan Nation. 
But I, I'm going to post a lot of things on Twitter, just opinions who look good, photos, videos, at FBScout underscore Ford is the best place to find me. Awesome. Ryan, once again, thank you so much for coming on to today's show. For all you Gamecock viewers and listeners, thank you for tuning into today's show. Have a great rest of your Wednesday, and I'll be sure to catch y'all on the very next edition of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast.